Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Chuck Bryant's with me. Say hey, Chuck. Hi, Josh. How you doing? I am recovering from Kids Day. Yeah, Chuck and I uh, actually... I didn't volunteer. Chuck volunteered uh, himself and me yes. to uh, wrangle kids for Kids Day. i got to tell you, the adult-to-kid ratio was one and a half to one, Amazing. and I'm still wiped. I know. There were literally four kids and, uh, what, like eight of us? Eight adults? No, six. Six? Yeah. And I was worn out, man. Yeah, I know. Kids, en- kids Day is just awesome. 2009. Yeah, the energy. Actually, my favorite part of the day was when he... Brought him on the tour, and then we brought him into the studio, and Jerry looked like she was about to crawl out of her skin. Yeah, yeah. our producer, Jerry, does not like kids, it turns out. That was awesome. She put on a real sweet face and was smiling, going, hi, everybody. And then the kids got in the sound booth and screamed to see if we could hear them. And we could. We could. Kids are fun, especially 12-year-olds. They're great. So uh, I'm glad it's over. Yes. I actually actually got tapped to do it again next year. Did you? No, I just kind of figured we did such a bang-up job, though. They'd want us back. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for that, Chuck. Sure. You were natural. I, I owe you big time. Um, let's talk about exploding lakes, then. Okay. <laughs> okay? <laughs> sure. So, Chuck, have you ever seen a 328-foot-tall cloud of death? I ha- there's a bathroom joke in there somewhere that my wife would appreciate, but <laughs> the straight answer is no. Your wife likes scatological humor? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I wouldn't sure. have pegged her for that. She's dirty. She seems way too intelligent for that kind of thing. Well, she is, but that means nothing. She's right. still scatological. Well, you know, um, <laughs> you know, had you lived around a little lake called Lake Nios in August of 1986, you would have seen a 328-foot-tall cloud of death. And had you uh, walked in it, you probably would have died. Right. It was frightening, I bet. It was. Chuck sent me this great picture that uh, you think we could post that on our, our blog when this comes out? I don't know. You keep saying that. Did <laughs> we do that last time? Uh, actually, that would have been today with the face transplant, and I did not get the rights to that. So, quit, quit Did me. you try to get the rights? I did. I looked into it. You're such a liar. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Chuck sent me this uh, great picture of all these dead cows just kind of falling over on their sides around the lake in 1986. Uh, basically, what happened was on, uh, I think, the evening of August 21st, all of a sudden there was this big rumbling sound. Mm-hmm. And Lake Nyos, is, it's a pretty substantial lake. I think it's uh, over 600 feet deep. Yeah, this is in Africa. We haven't even said that. I'm sorry, yeah. It's in Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the, there was this rumbling from within the lake. Right. And all of a sudden, this huge column of water shoots out of the middle of the lake, hundreds of feet into the air. And as this column's going, this... This cloud that eventually becomes a 100-meter-tall cloud starts to develop. But the thing is, it's kind of hovering close to the lake, so it's a really heavy cloud. Right. And then this cloud gets the bright idea of moving off of the lake and down into the populated valley. Right, which is, I guess, just where the airflow took it. I guess. And it clung very low to the ground. It it sunk, basically. It Mm -hmm. just followed the ground into the valley. Um, And so, you know, you think, hey, there's a cloud. Um, What harm can a cloud do sure uh but the people who took that attitude paid with their lives yeah to the tune of 1700 of them right yeah people up to 15 miles away from the lake uh died livestock livestock people Mm -hmm. um some people were knocked unconscious it depended on the uh 
concentration of the secret ingredient we'll get to in a second. Right. Um, and some people were, were unconscious for like 36 hours. And they wake up and all their livestock and their family's dead. I know. Unbelievable. I mean, no, imagine this. Like, really put yourself into that situation. You're hanging around. You're living your life uh-huh. of uh, an, an idyllic agrarian life around this beautiful lake, which is supposedly used to be this gorgeous it was. blue. It was really, really pretty. And um, all of a sudden, the lake blows up and there's a cloud of death that kills your entire family and right. knocks you out for a day and a half. Well, and the lake turned. Did you see the after photos? It turned really brown. I didn't. And the water level lowered and... Uh, it was it was disgusting. It looked like a before after photo of like a hundred years of like pollution or something. Wow. And this was overnight. Yeah, yeah. So um, finally, after about two days, this cloud dissipates, but not before it moves through village after village, just killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously, when people start to come in to investigate what happened, they find all these dead bodies. Um, the government got involved. And rightfully so. Yeah. Sounds like an X-Files episode. Definitely. That's exactly what it sounds like. But it was real. Yeah. Well, X-Files is real, too. Really? Sure. Based on real uh, accounts, as far as I know. Every single one. Did not know that. Yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah. So the government gets involved, which means science gets involved. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, being an elected official doesn't necessarily make you uh, a science-y type. You're not an egghead, right? Far from it. Right. So uh, the the Cameroonian government recruited some scientists to say, what the hell just happened? There's 1,700 people that were killed by a cloud of death. What just happened? Chuck, what happened in August of 1986 at Lake Nyos, Cameroon? Well, Josh, the secret ingredient, I know you know the answer, was CO2, carbon dioxide. Yes. Pretty simple. Uh, but where did it come from, Chuck? Well, Stop that's being the, coy with me. That's the thing is they uh, – they quickly realized that it was CO2. That wasn't the hard part. Figuring out actually how this cloud came up from the lake was the hard part. Right. And there were a couple of uh, theories at the time. One is that um, an underwater volcano had erupted mm-hmm. and pushed this gas up, which sounded pretty plausible to me. And actually looked at some of the old articles, and that's kind of what they said it was for a while. Right. Well, there was a split camp, right? Yeah. The problem is, is they went through and, and set up the uh, the British Geological Survey, set up some uh, seismographs around the lake. Yeah. And there should have been some small aftershock earthquakes. Right. And they measured nothing. Nada. They also didn't find any uh, sudden sulfur levels um, that, that would have been residual from a, a volcano explosion, right? Right. So that one kind of got scrapped, and they went with the other camp, which was... Which was uh, a gigantic deadly burp, basically, is how it's described in the article. <laughs> right. Which is ex- exactly what it was. So I guess we need to go back in time to when Lake Nyos formed to really understand this, right? We need our back in time music. Okay, so 1986, Chuck. Um, what, Ghostbusters is sweeping the nation, right? Well, no, no, no. We need to go back... When Lake Nyos was formed, it wasn't in 1986. Oh, we have to go even further back. Here's uh, here's our time travel music again. So, Chuck, what year are we in? I mean, this place doesn't look very heavily populated. Well, it's a long, long time ago. We're, We're talking, what, thousands of years before Ghostbusters? Yeah, seven or 8,000 years, maybe. Okay, all right. Um, and that that's a, that's a guesstimation. So if someone from Cameroon writes in and says it was actually 9,000 years, then give, give Chuckers a break <laughs> on this one. <laughs> it's a long time ago. So Josh, Cameroon in Africa, uh, there's some there's a lot of weak spots in the crust around that area. Mm-hmm. 
and you know what magma is? I do. It's uh, molten lava that yeah. hasn't reached the uh, the Earth's surface yet. Exactly. So it's like liquid rock, and uh, <laughs> that's it, another way to put it. <laughs> um, it rises from the Earth's mantle and uh, it shoots up quickly and vertically, and it cuts a tube toward the surface. Right. And when it reaches the surface, the magma can uh, rain down uh, rain down a big pile of rock to form a cinder cone volcano. Right. Absolutely. You're with me. Or did you have, okay. Can I say the other part? Cause it's yeah, cool. yeah. Or if this magma, which is shooting up out of the ground, comes in contact with wet rock, yeah, it, an explosion happens. Mm-hmm. A huge explosion. And this is what formed Lake Nyos. It right? formed a big crater. It just went kaboom. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden there's a crater. And then this crater started to fill in over the years, and now it's a volcanic crater lake. Yeah. Right. Add, take a crater, add water, and you have a lake. Right. And lake Nyos. And a very pretty one, yeah. So basically that's what happened. Um, you've got uh, at the bottom of the lake, you have an old tube where the magma rose up and uh, to the surface, and it remains there. So if you go down about six miles, you'll hit the magma. Right. It's staying down there. Yes. But there's still CO2 coming up through this column. Right. Right. But it stays trapped because of the fact that Lake Nyos was 600 and you know some odd feet deep. Right. There's a, Every 33 feet, there's a, one atmosphere of uh, pressure. Yep. Um, and so this is about 20 atmospheres, which mm-hmm. is dense and heavy enough to keep a bubble of gas held down at the bottom. Right. Right? The problem is, is um, the gas builds up in every kind of lake there is, right? Every right. lake, every pond. Um, I didn't know this. This is interesting. I didn't either, um, but I'm going to pretend like I did. Okay. Watch me go. Um, you know, like when leaves and other organic matter, dead fishies fall to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they produce gas, CO2, maybe methane, that kind of thing. And this happens in any body of water, right? Yep. But the thing is, in, in most climates, in temperate climates, um, there's an actual gas exchange that happens annually. Right. When the temperature is cool, the surface water cools mm-hmm. and goes to the bottom, which displaces the gas, and it happens uh, very calmly and casually. Yeah. And there you go. There's no explosion. Yeah, interesting. The problem with Lake Nyos and, and other lakes in Cameroon is that there isn't a seasonal change. It's warm exactly. all the time. Right, so it just stays so that way. There's never that turnover. Mm-hmm. And this bubble of gas that's coming up from the magma shaft mm-hmm. gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? I think magma shaft would be a good pseudonym for you. That is a good pseudonym. Magma shaft. Yeah, magma shaft. Like that's that. nice. So, uh, yeah, basically it acts like a uh, champagne cork, all this water sitting on top of it. And in order, actually we kind of left out the part at the beginning, that something needs to happen to trigger the gas to be released. It's just not just going to happen on its own, and they think it may have been like a rock slide. Right, or uh, an earthquake. Sure. And, and usually what happens is the whole bubble doesn't get displaced, or the whole layer of gas doesn't get displaced. Part of it will, but since it's a one big cohesive layer... Right. One part of it being ripped off will dislodge the rest of it. Right. And all of a sudden, you've got a huge column of water coming up. Unbelievable. Gas, CO2 mm-hmm. going everywhere, forming a cloud of death. Bada boom, bada bing, 1,700 villagers and countless livestock dead. Yeah. And this happened a couple of other times uh, in Africa. There's two other lakes, Cameroon right? is lousy with exploding lakes. I know. Well, it's because of where it's situated. Yes, that is true, Chuck. It's uh, situated over a uh, very thin... Uh, part of the Earth's crust, as you said, right? Right. And there's two more lakes, uh, Lake uh, Monoun. That's what I gathered, yeah. <laughs> or Monoun. And Lake Kivu. Yeah. Both of those have had uh, incidents as well, but not nearly as deadly. Well, Lake Kivu hasn't happened yet. 
Oh, it hasn't? Lake Kivu's between Rwanda and Congo. Oh, okay. And that one, if it does happen, would be right. a an, an amazing an amazingly catastrophic natural disaster. It's twice as deep as Lake Nyos. Right. Which again, remember, killed seventeen hundred people from the cloud it produced. Uh so this one's twice as deep. Um, and there's about 2 million people living around it. Right. So they would be in really big trouble if Lake Kivu uh, all of a sudden erupted, and it most likely will. It's it's uh, They've been studying it, and apparently it's right there, about to happen. No one's doing a thing about it. Really? Yeah, no. They just finally got around to doing something about Lake Nyos. Well, you want a, to talk about that? Yeah, that's a great segue, actually, Josh. Thanks. You're a natural. Thanks. You've been doing this a year. We had our one-year anniversary, by the way. Does any no one even recognize that? No, I didn't even know when. Yeah, we had a fan come in, and we had our uh, 100th a fan episode. Came into the office. Yeah. No. No, a fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> a fan wrote in and um, said that it was our one-year anniversary, and we also had our 100th episode. Which you, I remember the 100th yeah. episode. Yeah, one-year anniversary. Wow. Happy anniversary, beautiful. You too. You too, Jerry. Yeah, happy anniversary, Jerry. So enough of that. Um, Yes, what they basically came up with a really basic. Some some of the coolest ideas in science to me are so simple. Yeah, like you, you would have thought a kid came up with this idea. Basically, like the space shuttle. Yeah, exactly. This thing make a big plane that goes into space. Yeah, woo. Uh, they decided to degas it with a big straw. Yeah, they just basically put a pipe. Absolutely. Into the bubble, and yeah. all of a sudden, a bunch of CO2 water came up. And they, they degas it a couple of times a year. I'm sorry, a couple of times a day, I think. Yeah. And there's a webcam. Have you seen the webcam? No, but I saw a picture of it. It looks like one of those lakes at like a, um, a country club right. um, subdivision. With the cheesy fountain. In the exactly. Middle. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. I didn't know there was a webcam. Do you know the the address? Uh, I don't off the top of my head. but um, So what do you type in, Lake Nyos webcam? degassing webcam you can probably find it but uh, before you go there you should know that the last image is from uh, november of last year so it looks like it may be uh not actively running anymore gotcha because i think the whole idea of a webcam is to show things live as it happens i think so too yeah not from november of last year so that's basically what they did they put the first pipe in in 2001 uh a french engineering team uh, but the sad thing is is they these these uh foreign uh, scientists who came to uh, Nios to figure out what happened, uh-huh. said pretty quickly, like, this is what we should do. We should right. pop a straw in that in, in that 1986. CO2 later. In 1986. Yeah. In 2001, the first pipe went in. Right. But I read that they were hoping to have the uh, CO2 levels down 99% by next year. Oh, really? That's what I read. So That's we'll awesome. see what happens, yeah. Well, and I think it looks a little bit better than it used to as well. The, it's pretty again. I don't think it's back to where it was pre-1986 when right. it was a really, really cool-looking lake. But I don't think it's the brown mess that it was uh, right afterward either with cows floating in it and stuff. So you want to hear something interesting? Uh, always. Well, first of all, the, these kind of uh, exploding lakes are actually called limnic eruptions, right? Okay. That's the scientific word for it. And we understand the explanation. But the people in Cameroon who'd lived around Lake Nyos um, had another story for it. And basically, they, uh, they, uh, the gist of it is that every once in a while, evil spirits rose from the lake and yeah. killed people in villages. I'm not entirely certain why. Probably because they were evil spirits, right? Right. But you know what that's called? What? That's called a euhemerism. Really? When something is explained in a different uh, mystical when, way? When a myth is clearly based on historical occurrences. Interesting. So they're saying that th- these exploding lakes had happened before in the past while people were sure. still living around. Right. Pre-science, though, so they explained it with 
evil spirits emerging from the lake. But pretty cool. much with the same result. Cloud of death, that's CO2. Right. Cloud of death made of evil spirits. There's In the end, you're still dead and so is your livestock. Right. Can you imagine being, uh, you know, as man evolved and started to figure things out when they first started thinking and saw a volcano, like what that must have, I mean, they probably thought the same thing, that yeah. some, some, someone was they trying always, to kill them yeah, with hot molten lava. Yeah, they did on evil spirits, didn't they? Yeah. And now when science is around, they're like, God, is my face red? I know, but there's no secrets anymore. It's kind of kind of disappointing. No, there's still plenty. Are like, there? do you know how the space shuttle works? No. Well, I could go read about it. And I guess you could. Figure it out. So, Chuck, um, yeah, we've got Lake Nios, it seems like, under control. Lake Kivu's still a problem. Yes. Um, so they haven't uh, stuck the straw on that one yet? Not as far as I know. Yeah. And then there's one in Ecuador, uh, Lake Quilatoa. Uh-huh. And uh, that one's about, if it erupted, it would be on the level of, or the, the degree of uh, Nios. Right. So there's exploding lakes just waiting for a limnic eruption right. all around the world. So if you live in the tropics near a lake, move. <laughs> is that your advice? That's my advice, yeah. So what do you think? Is it done? Did we do it? I think we covered everything. You feeling pretty good? Yeah. Are we plugging things any longer? Let's see the blog. Plug the blog? Plug it. I like the plug from the one, the face transplant, the Hulk one. Blog good. Yeah. Chuck Josh Wright blog. Fire bad. Fire bad. Yeah. Should we just redo that one? Or did, sure, go did ahead. We just do that? Re- should we just reuse the one from that we recorded before? No? Okay, Jerry's saying no. So start fresh, Chuck. Okay, here we go. So, Josh, we have a blog. We've been plugging this like, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a plug analogy, but I can't think of any. Uh, we've been plugging this for a while. It's on the right side of the homepage is where you can get it. So right rail. You should know. In tech speak. In tech speak. And uh, we've gotten a lot of fans interacting now, which is cool. And I'd also like to point out that uh, the blog is now where you can go just for a little news. Josh and I are kind of venturing out into these little... Uh, Opportunities now, being uh, interviewed on ABC News, by the way. Being tickled by strangers right? for and, money. Uh, little things like that are starting to pop up here and there. So the blog is where we'll uh, promote that and let people know where they can uh, support us and that kind of thing. Yeah, i got to tell you, Chuck, I'm very grateful for uh, some of my friends. Like uh, my friend SG mm-hmm. actually uh, is much smarter than me and knows all sorts of stuff that I get fed. That makes me look smart because I just go ahead and post on it. Oh, is this one of the blog uh, commenters? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I'd smart be lost people. without my smart people. Yeah. Be lost without them. That was heartfelt. Thanks, Chuck. I rarely see that out of you. I know. <laughs> I'm usually just so just dark and angry yeah. and yeah. Yeah, evil. Like a Sith Lord. <laughs> kind of. Sith without the red face paint. Right. So uh, I guess that's plugging. Yeah, that's the plug fest. You guys have been plugged. And now it's time for listener mail. Oh, not yet, Josh. Oh, no? And, and now. now yes. Right? Now it's time for listener mail. So Josh, you just have one under the banner of exceptional uh, exceptional, sorry, listener mail. That is a long one, Chuck. You're going to read that whole thing? No, nah, I'm going to I'm going to do my scan thing. Uh, this comes to us from Helen in Guatemala. Woo! Uh, specifically in Quetzaltenango, Guatemala. Woo! And she is writing in about the 2012 episode. Uh, she lives in the Western Highlands, and there's still Mayan people there, lots of them. And uh, she has been fascinated to hear so much about this 2012 stuff, but only from U.S. media outlets. <laughs> Apparently, no, none of the Mayans are talking about. No one cares about. It. I got that impression too uh, when when I was researching. I think we even mentioned that. That yeah, it's very much Western. Yeah, very much. 
Uh, she said, our own calendar begins every week, month, year, etc. Uh, the Mayan calendars all function in a circular rather than linear concept of time and form cycles that repeat infinitely. So they don't believe the world's going to end at any particular point on the calendar. Uh, the repeating cycles are based on the idea of keeping count of the passage of time, which is very important in the culture. So she did want to compliment us that we've come closest to just completely debunking this yes. than most U.S. media outlets. Don't tell it to the Belgians, though. Right. Uh, she did want to point out, however, that I believe at one point one of us said something about the mind calendars are used in secret. Uh, she said that's not really true. You can get them in bookstores uh, all over the place there, and they are used, and different calendars have different uses, which I thought was interesting. There's three major ones. Uh, an everyday calendar for planning everyday stuff. Fittingly, uh, a religious calendar for planning rites and ceremonies, and an agricultural calendar for planning, uh, planting and harvesting. Mm-hmm. And they still use these. You can get books on how to use them, and it sounds like a really uh, kind of an interesting thing. So I can see that daily calendar. You know mm-hmm. them selling it like things to do today. If you're Mayan, right? Yeah, stock up on canned goods in case world ends in 2012. So Helen uh, thanked us, and she's in Guatemala, and she's Woo! a cool, cool lady. Thanks, Helen. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, if you live in Guatemala, Guam, or anywhere else, and you want to send Chuck or me yeah, an email, uh, send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?